The Business Animal Podcast is proudly sponsored by WP Engine, your resource for managed WordPress hosting, and Keep, the premier CRM software for small business. Head over to thebusinessanimal.com for the best deals on these two amazing products. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. What are we chatting about today? Kara, we're talking about open houses today. These are fun little events that you can have to help get people into your business and, and to understand it. I love hosting open houses. I, I find it really fun and exhausting. Well, <laughs> as an extrovert, I'm sure that you do love any opportunity to drag people to a location and chat them up and to have a lot of fun. I, on the other hand, have to be super planny and strategic and thoughtful in order to get motivated to do an open house. But I agree, they are a super valuable tool. And I'm excited we're talking about them today because to me, that means if we're talking about open houses, we must be at a place where people are out and about in their meeting and their greeting and they're feeling a little less concerned about the pandemic and they're kind of ready to get back out there and do some you know, boots on the ground networking. Yeah, I'm seeing that all around right now. I'm seeing people that are going, yes, COVID is still here. Yes, we're living in a pandemic, but no, I'm not giving up my networking time. So I'm seeing more and more businesses promote open houses and promote just having live humans gather in larger numbers than we've seen the last couple of years. So for those of you who have taken advantage of this couple of years of pandemic craziness as an opportunity to start a business, you may not have gotten to have an open house or have a launch party for your business. And this is a really probably timely topic for those individuals. And we are headed into open house season for a lot of product oriented businesses, because you know what, even though we're sitting here as we're recording this, sweating our crazy collective selves off, holiday season is very much getting closer and upon us. And I, I can smell the pumpkin spice from here. So I'm super <laughs> excited about the cool Cooler weather and the holidays coming up, but that is decidedly a time for open houses. As I reapply deodorant again, I tell myself wishful thinking. I sure hope it's coming. <laughs> uh, yep, just just think another month we'll be drinking pumpkin spices and and I, I love hoodie weather. I guess you don't get that in Florida. Uh, we got a couple days. <laughs> a couple yeah, days. I have like three hoodies. I get to wear each one of them once, and then they get packed back up again pretty much. Oh, so, goodness. Um, I have like 80. Yeah, we get to wear hoodies too. <laughs> All right. So enough about the weather and our, our dreams of cooler cooler days and less sweat. So our big three for, for developing an open house, well, I guess first, before we dive into that, let's talk about why this is a good thing to do. Other than it's the pandemic is over and we want to celebrate that. If you're an introvert, you may be going really open houses. I don't want to do that. But there's some really good reasons for doing an open house. They do draw people to your business. You can build your list. It's a great way for you to reward your already loyal customers 
members and to gather testimonials and social proof by having numbers of people show up and participate in the open house. It's a really, really good way for you to just serve your community as well as introduce your business to possibly new prospects or new leads and help them understand what it is that you do and to sample it a little bit. So our big three here is number one, get everyone involved. You're going to do a lot of networking here. You're going to really be the cheerleader for your business and for this event. Number two is Kara's favorite, make a great plan. Having a good plan, even me, the fly by the seat of her pants kind of girl, really likes to have a plan when it comes to open houses because there's all kinds of things to consider. And then finally, you've done all of this work. You've hosted the open house. You've had the people there. It was very successful. The final thing is, is that you need to follow up and turn all of that action that got started at the open house into money in your pocket because these can get a little expensive if you go all out on your open house. So let's dive into number one, getting everybody involved. So for me, this means get your network out, get your your little black book, your phone and your email list and start inviting people. Look to your network, look to your social media followers, potential customers, and then anybody that you can grab onto for a joint venture that would add something to that open house. Now is the time for you to do that. Have them maybe bring some prizes or coupons, invite your suppliers, the whole nine yards. So I'm just looking at every single person I know as a potential either attendee or participant or joint venture partner in my open house. How about you, Kara? Oh, yeah. It's such a great way to celebrate successful collaborations and also set yourself up for new collaborations or new joint ventures. Because the truth is, if you can get in front of someone and get off. I mean, we've been on Zoom for years now, and we're all pretty comfortable there, probably more comfortable than we should be looking at each other through screens. But the truth of the matter is, is when you can get in front of people, when you can get in front of potential partners, potential new clients, um, get reconnected to your existing clients, or maybe those folks that you haven't seen in a while, it's such a good good thing. And it feels amazing to be able to talk to someone face to face. And I'm sure there's some people out there just, you know, the ick factor is up and they're just thinking, oh, I really like being comfortable in my office. But you know what? Being able to make this type of connection at an open house and an event that you're hosting is really, it's really unlike anything else in the goodwill that it creates, I think. And when we first started talking about this subject, I started thinking in my brain when I was prepping for it, the first thing that my head did is, oh, great. Now it it is open house season. It's time to start planning those in-person get-togethers. And all I can think is that's just another thing to make me busy, another thing to keep me away from my family, another thing to keep me away from my, my son, you know, I'm just always busy. And it's, it's like, I don't want to add one more thing. So one of the things I love about open houses is you can design them in any way that you want that fits your business and that fits your needs. So for me, that means making an open house that's kid friendly too. So if you're anything like me, or maybe you know other business owners and, and that are similar to me, that they already spend so much time away from their families, away from their children. You know, so when you can have activities and have an environment that is 
kid-friendly, family-friendly, family-inclusive, you'll have more people that are likely to come and they'll feel good about it. They'll feel like it's something they're doing as a family and you can kind of brush off that mom guilt that you might have about doing one more thing you know, without the family, one more thing for the business instead of getting yourself out of the home. So I don't know, Kim, if that's something that you've thought about, but it's definitely something that always pops into my mind when I'm adding more things to my calendar. Yeah, well, and also, yes, being able to bring other people and be able to make it a social event as well as a business event is really nice. Another thing when you add the other family members in, you add another level of networking, in my opinion, every new person that gets introduced to your business can recommend maybe, ooh, there's another, you know, I know somebody else who might be interested in that. So open houses are a great way for you to, like I said, like Kara said, make it a social event. Now, some of the open house stuff that we do for Gestalt businesses, we invite people a little bit more mindfully because some of the content that might be there might not be kid friendly. Yeah. So we want to make sure that the people experience a little bit of dynamic change uh, in that open house environment. And so we might not, or, or at least to have that activity separated from the rest of the family so people can feel free to be their authentic self. But for most businesses, open houses can be a very social event. They also don't have to be like start at a certain time and end at a certain time for people. Like they have to be there by 6 p.m. and they have to stay till 8. People can come and go. And I think that makes people feel very free about, you know, coming in and interacting for a little bit, not feeling like they're committed to like being there for six hours or something. So that helps people who are super busy and can stop by, grab a little bit of something to snack on, see what's going on, take advantage of any coupons or prizes or anything that's that's being given for the open house. And I do think you have to have those draws for people to really put aside their calendar because a lot of times open houses are held maybe not during normal business hours. So different people are able to come. So you might have something in the evenings or on a Saturday or something like that. And getting people out of their homes can sometimes be difficult. I really want to emphasize the need for those joint venture partners again. I know we've talked about it a couple of different times in this little discussion here, but having those joint venture partners just makes open houses that much more successful because joint venture partners bring their own people in to come to your open house and you bring your people and it's just a win-win situation for everybody. And it's a great, great, great way to grow your business in a very fun and relaxed and social environment. Are you looking to bring awareness to your equine-based product or service or create a unique way for your audience to feel connected to your brand? Quality horse photos tell your story and breathe life into your marketing. They draw your customers in and create an emotional connection. Powerful images communicate your core values and highlight the benefits your product offers, ultimately proving your business is a voice your customers can trust. It's time to use dynamic images that define your small business and separate you from the rest of the herd. Fast Horse Photography's professional photo library features thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 
100% of those images are horse-related. Now, finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and marketing needs is easier than ever. Help your audience see that your brand offers the answers they are looking for. Search for the perfect images for your equine business right now. Spur your customers into action with FastHorsePhotography.com. That's FastHorsePhotography.com. Well, and I would just add, you know, like when you've got business partners coming and then they've got their significant others coming, their spouses coming, their partners coming, I think people tend to not realize that there's a lot of potential in those extra bodies. I mean, you already mentioned how with the more people, the more connections, but a lot of times I think what happens, like I have to go to some of these events sometimes with my husband's work. And a lot of times I feel like I'm the arm candy and just hanging out. Don't have a lot to contribute to the conversation, <laughs> but the, <laughs> just looking pretty. That's my job. Aww, so never, <laughs> <laughs> but, but what tends to happen is that when you, start stepping out of your comfort zone and you're making those connections, what you find is a lot of times these people that maybe they're not in your industry, but they're in an industry that is something that you could potentially harness or could work in and collaborate within and can bring you all sorts of new connections and resources. I can't tell you how many times I've been in an event and spoken to someone, had no idea what their background is. And the next thing you know, it's like I've made a totally new connection. I'm contacting them next week because we have something that we can collaborate on that can help both of us. So, you know, as much as it, it, those introverts out there thinking, oh man, do I have to talk to people? Yeah, you kind of do in a situation like this. And it's, and it really has a lot of gains to do so. Absolutely. And I never think of you as just arm candy. Watch your NLP there. Of course not. Of course not. You have so much to add to the conversation. Although I do make really good arm candy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's always that. Yeah. I mean, the connections that you do make. And the, the thing is, is that they're made in a way at an open house in that sort of casual social environment where there's a super positive vibe to it. And I think that really does influence people and their feeling about your business. And if you keep the vibe on brand, then it's easier for them to recognize, easier for them to interact with, and also easier for those connections to go somewhere where it ends up benefiting everybody. That's awesome. So and so true. So let's move into number two, which is make a great plan, which is one of my favorite parts of open houses. And I would just start by saying, have a goal for your open house. So have a reason. It's in it, and it, a reason could be as simple as making new connections in your community or saying thank you to your community partners or bringing awareness to a new product or service. It could be so many things, but have a goal for it. And then Outside of that, have a budget. So be prepared to spend a little and be comfortable with what you're going to spend to make the event happen. So, you know, sitting down and thinking about the plan is sitting down and thinking about what is the purpose of your open house? What do you hope to achieve? You know, you said having a goal for the open house is really important. And I always think that that that's something that gives you some objectives that you can set around how many people you would like to have, how many clients that you would like to get out of this. Make sure, you know, that you know what you want to achieve with it. And you mentioned, I'm going to say having a theme sort of to go with your open house that you can sort of attach to and a reason, a why, so to speak as well. And one of the things that popped into my head when you were saying that was, you know, a really good open house 
business idea might be to support a nonprofit. So you might have an open house, but the nonprofit, you invite a nonprofit. And in the animal world, we have so many amazing nonprofits that we could support, but having them there and having that be that really good feel good opportunity and bring in some of their people and to provide donations and and so on and so forth. So it would be a really nice event for that nonprofit. So don't always think of joint venture partners as as partners that have to be a for-profit businesses. Also think about supporting your local nonprofit community that is always in need of getting the word out about something, doing some education around their topics, or also helping with getting donations. But in addition to that, it's more people that have a similar interest that are there to learn about your business and support you. Absolutely. I second what you're saying too around donating to a local nonprofit, like having an event that has that element to it can be really nice. You know, if you're in an animal industry, there are so many options out there that are available that just like you said, it brings goodwill around the event, around your business. There's other things you can do too. You can make it memorable by having an awesome raffle or a giveaway with great prizes. Have good food. People like food. It's just it's just inevitable. They like food. Think about holding the event at the same time every year. So if you're thinking that you might try to make this an annual thing, um, think about how you can design that or what time of year would be best for that, you know, so that folks can start to look forward to it. It becomes something they look forward to every year. If the holidays are a thing for you, people love and kind of expect to be busy and social during the holiday season. Um, they're already kind of in go mode where there's something every weekend or something every other night and they're they're very busy. So it's not a terrible time to host an event if you want to make it something that happens annually. This is also a great opportunity if you have products or services that you're trying to sell or you're trying to get the word out about something really new to your business. Um, you can actually set up demo stations at the event so people can walk around, see your product in action, touch it, feel it, you know, discuss it, talk about it, all of those things. It's an awesome opportunity for that. And you can even include a, some kind of special promotion or discount for folks that attend. Just make it really special that way. Another thing I was thinking about in terms of planning is plan ahead for the publicity of the event. So if there's a way to get a press release out to your local community, your newspaper, radio stations, that sort of thing, if that's appropriate for your event, Try to plan for that in advance. And you can even, to some extent, pre-write the press release for after the event so that it's kind of ready to roll and you can announce to your community that you had this great event. Yeah, Kim, did you want to add anything to that as you're an expert in PR? Yeah, well, PR definitely, yes, definitely add uh, add your public relations in, but I have a bunch of other things to add in. So Somewhere along the line, I think in one of these many episodes we've done, I've mentioned something called a smart plan, possibly a couple of times. This is a really good opportunity to dust off that smart plan knowledge. So SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Actionable, Result, and Timeline. 
And when making your plan, this is a really good thing, place to apply that SMART plan. So get really specific on what you want to do with your goal. How are you going to measure it? What would be your consideration of success? That's your objective. What action steps do you need to take and break it down? Like who do you really want to invite to be your joint venture partner or the nonprofit that you want to support? Who's going to do your catering or cooking or how many tables are you going to have? What time are you going to start? How are you going to get invitations out to people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The million and three things that go into putting on this type of an event uh, and determining how you want all of those things to lay out. That goes in the action section. The result is what you really want out of this. Your why. Why are you really doing this? What's the ultimate goal um, beyond that very specific objective that you've created? And then your timeline. When do things need to be done by? So a lot of times open houses are planned out so far in advance that you find yourself rushing around at the end feeling like you don't have any time when in reality you had a year to kind of look at it. So take a look at your timeline. When do you need to have those joint venture partners in place? When do you need to have that press release written? When do you need to have those things prepared so that you're not rushing around last minute and then having to forego a lot of the things that you had really wanted to place in your plan because you just simply ran out of time. I'm going to raise my hand and say that's usually me. I I have really good ideas. I think about them plenty of timing in advance, but then I sort of short myself on this timeline just because of my temperament. And the reality is if I can sit down and create that smart plan right when the idea comes up, I am much more likely, I'm not going to say perfect, but much more likely to get everything done the way that I want it done and in a timely manner. Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E, business business.com. See you there. Every bit of this, I just love the idea of the planning piece of it. And you really do. Like if you can think about the time of year that you want to do this, you really do have all the time in the world to start planning for it. So, and then using the smart planning, of course, is huge. Kim, you're always so smart. I always forget about using the smart plan. I just like to get everything down in a Word document and like really work it out. So... (laughs) Anyway, so let's move on to number three, which is the follow-up. So the dust has settled There's half drank cocktails lying around. There's food mess on the table. It was a hit. Everyone loved it. Everyone's raving about it. They want to come back next year. You've got all these ideas. But the truth is, is that now is where some of the most awesome part of the work begins, right? Because it's all about the follow-up. Kim, how do you like to follow up after an open house? Usually after the open house, even though I'm a giant extrovert, I really need about three days to nap. That's the absolute worst thing you can do is just go hide in your bedroom for three days after this because you want to follow up with the people in a timely manner. So the way that you can capitalize on this is remember back in that smart plan, one of your action steps should be to write the follow-ups and set them up in your automation software, such as Keep 
or 17 hats, whatever you use, go ahead and set it up so that all you have to do is enter the people's names into the database, tag them with the, the follow-up tag for that particular event, and the software takes care of it so that you can go hide underneath the covers for a couple of days and get yourself some much needed rest after hosting this big event that you just hosted. So yes, make sure that you have those things set up in advance and you don't have to worry about it after the fact because that's when the pile of names sits on your desk and you never do anything with it. And so you've done all of this work for this open house and now you're relying on everyone who attended to be the person who follows up. You've put that honest on them versus yourself. And as the business owner, we really need that to be on us. We need to be the ones that are sending out those emails. And then from there, you're going to be able to do use follow-ups with phone calls and see what business arises from it. Also, before you even have the event, schedule the times with your joint venture partners to kind of have a debriefing. It's really important to debrief if you've had joint venture partners because they may have seen something or interacted with somebody and in the heat of the craziness of the event, they didn't let you know. So make sure that before the event even happens, you say, hey, can we put, you know, lunch on the books so that we can sit down and talk about, you know, what you got out of this event, what I got out of it, what we could do better next time, if there is a next time with the two of us, et cetera, et cetera. So go ahead and make those commitments. And then also finally in the follow-up category, as soon as the event's over, please take some notes at the very least on what you noticed during the event that you either need to pay attention to, like clients and follow-up, or that you maybe want to change or do differently or would like to expand on the next time you do an event. Yeah, I think you covered pretty much everything I was thinking of as well. But the big piece of this is, is don't skimp on the follow-up because you've done all this work, you've put your plan into action, you've had a successful open house. Now, the big thing is hopefully you were taking notes on the people that you met, the types of communication you're going to have, the potential ways that you guys had discussed collaborating or how they might be able to become potential clients for you. And then you can immediately start putting that into action. So don't nap on this part of it. It really... I think that is the probably the biggest key is to catch people when it's still fresh in their mind. And when you call them and follow up with them or email them that they're not like, who is this person? I have no recollection of when we had a conversation. So just make sure that you're that you're getting on that really quickly. So yeah, that's that's really all I would have to add with that is just really to reinforce what you've already said about follow up. So one thing I would like to mention back in the beginning on topic one, when we talked about invite everybody, you know, last minute open houses are okay. I've done those that I've planned in like two weeks and, and had an open house because of something I wanted to get accomplished. But it always behooves you to plan these things out a little further in advance. And we've talked about kind of the year ahead. That's really not a joke. Planning it out a year ahead is really a good idea. And getting people pumped up about 
about it and starting your marketing six months in advance is important because that gives them an opportunity to really get the date saved on their calendar and get on to things. And then also in those six months, make sure that you set yourself up for the sale for that follow-up moment, right? So let them know what they can expect after the event, if they win something, a prize, or if, um, and do make sure that you schedule those communications in as well when you're scheduling the event. I really, my ultimate goal for most events is to get everything that has to come after done before. It's so, it just really is so smart and it takes away the stress side of the after event, like, cause you've kind of already done it. So you're exhausted afterwards. And also the high that you're on at the event, usually after the event is over, it just kind of goes away. So then you're less motivated and you're moving on to the next thing. So being able to kind of have some of that stuff already set up really prevents you from being a procrastinator and just not doing the things that you said you wanted to do when you made your plan for your event. So, okay. So this has been an awesome episode. I hope that, you know, here we are, this will probably, by the time this episode comes out, we'll probably be in September, which is moving into just a really fun time of the year for a lot of people. So hopefully you guys will start planning your open houses if you haven't already. Just to recap our big three, number one, go ahead and get everyone involved. You know, invite those customers, your network, your social media followers, potential clients, community partners, get all those folks involved. And don't forget, it's totally okay to make it a kid and family friendly event. Number two, make a great plan. So get out your smart plan documents and start thinking through how do you make this event smart for your business? And then number three, don't forget the follow up. This is perhaps the most important part of you know, the whole reason you're doing this event. So get started on that follow-up right away. So I think that's it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please hop on to social media at The Business Animal. We're on Instagram and Facebook, and we would love to chat with you guys over there. We're online at thebusinessanimal.com. If you haven't already rated or reviewed the show, this really means a lot to us. It helps us get seen or seen. I say seen, but it helps us get heard by others and found by folks that might find the show valuable. And we would love for you guys to give it a rate and review. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.